Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims, and con artists. We don't like these people and it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index figures in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill. This week we have a guest. It's Lucky Lance. Hey, it's me, Lucky Lance again. Yeah, Lucky Lance. Good to have him on. Bless his heart. Yeah, it's, it's about time, to be fair. It's time to look at the fundraiser grift that underpins the anti-lockdown movement. About time. Yes, Joel, it is a bizarre thing. Middle-class intellectual nobodies are falling over themselves to give money to the cause of freedom! freedom! What does that entail? I don't know. Just lots of freedom! Heaps of freedom. It's a Heaps. good cause. A great cause. And one worth your money. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, 10% of your paycheck. It's actually fucking wild how keen these people are to give money to these opaque campaigns to fight the fines or, you know, support business, whatever that even means, shoring up these ridiculous messaging programs to just stop people getting vaccinated. And look, I suppose if you do really think the vaccine is going to kill everyone off, you may as well throw 50 bucks at it to save a few souls. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's my double jab of AstraZeneca that's going to kill me or the sinking sense of despair brought upon by the last week of fucking nonsense in the public arena. To share this sense of dread, here's a series of reasons to lose faith in humanity as a concept, or as we like to call it, the Conditional Release Program's Weekly News. And let's start where everything should start, at the beginning. As Australians, most of whom are in lockdown at the moment, by population anyway, Sydney, Melbourne, down... We all roused over the weekend. The only Australians that matter. Yeah, we all roused over the weekend to discover hate speaker and drooling narcissist Katie Hopkins had been permitted entry into the country to appear on the Seven Network's Big Brother program. Ugh. The publicity whore has already landed herself in hot water by flouting Australian quarantine laws, leading Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce to state, I'm the one who wanted to send home Johnny Depp's dogs. So I have no problem sending home someone, Ms Hopkins, she's referring to, who wants to flout our laws, he told David Spears on the Insiders program. If you want to do that, he said, pack your bongo and get out of the country. (laughs) See, I actually hate agreeing with Barnaby Joyce, but every now and then it's just one of those things where you go, look, you know, any of my enemy is my friend, and uh, Barnabas, you go. Shoot her. Yeah, <laughs> she did want to shoot Johnny Depp's dogs, not just send them packing. No. Uh, how on earth did this woman get into the country while thousands of Australian citizens have been denied re-entry? Yeah, Home terrible. Affairs Minister Karen Andrews has questions to answer. I've just looked at the exemptions for entry into this country that might be granted by uh, Karen Andrews, Commissioner of Austra- of the Australian Border Force. And we'll just quickly go through them uh, and see if uh, Hopkins ticks any of these boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Commissioner of the Australian Border Force and decision makers may grant you an individual exemption if you are a foreign national travelling at the invitation of the Australian government. No. A foreign national whose entry into Australia would be in the national interest supported by the Australian government or state or territory government authority? No. 
Providing critical or specialist medical services? No. A foreign national with critical skills or working in a critical sector in Australia? Going to have to say no. A foreign national sponsored by your employer to work in in Australia in an occupation on the priority migration skilled occupation list. And I've had a look at that. And there are some media references, but there is no way Katie Hopkins ticks that particular box either. And then we get into military personnel, students, a person who resides on a vessel. No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What about the sovset term of a vessel? Maybe she is a maritime vessel as a free person on the land. (laughs) Fucking idiots. No. So so, travelling for compassionate and compelling reasons. Now, that's a nice broad term there, but that's, that's the last of them. And you would have to say, no, 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 no. There is no reason why this person, Katie Hopkins, uh, should be in the country. I mean, how many no. times do we have to say this? When you normalise hate speakers, you normalise hate speech. Yep, yep. You make it okay for hate speakers in this country to carry on spreading their bile. And this is not a free speech argument, although it'll be portrayed that way predictably by, by the, the, usual yeah, suspects. the usual suspects. It is that. a speech has consequences argument. Something yep. Hopkins only understood when she was successfully sued for defamation in 2017 uh, based on idiocy, where she claimed a food writer had defaced a war memorial in the UK. And Hopkins was wrong and it cost her her house. You better believe speech has consequences. That gleaming principle must have become clear to Hopkins when the removalist cleared her shitty possessions out of her home and drove off, leaving her fucking homeless. Husband and kids. But let's not forget Seven's role in this. And let's also not let Endemol shine off the hook here. As Cam on Twitter pointed out, good friend of the podcast, those motherfuckers are behind this silly show and they should not get the... Uh, you know, the deflection of everyone going after Network 7 and after the immigration ministers and whatnot. Because let's yeah. face it, it's these yeah. bastards who decide to do this. They have a contractual arrangement with Network 7 to provide a program. Yep. Uh, now, there'll be all sorts of uh, I- indicators in that uh, in that contract about behaviour of some of the contestants. Uh, so I'd expect so. Network 7 to be talking to Endemol Shine, who are the production company, uh, and having a little bit of a ch- chat in their, in their uh, shell like this afternoon. And so, yes, I imagine this is uh, one of these not all publicity is good publicity type yeah. issues. Yeah. Like they can't have a reality sludge TV program without a pantomime villain like Hopkins. Yeah, so uh, Does the network honestly think that Hopkins' bizarre arrival and then taunting quarantine guard that somehow it will ratchet up the ratings? You fucking airhead weasels in television with your tired and tedious programming think this will somehow add to the show's audience. And by the way, how do we see Hopkins' arrival compared to, say, the Liberal government's actions in 2007, prohibiting Snoop Dogg from entering the country because he had a minor assault and even more minor drug convictions against his name? Karen Andrews, you're the relevant minister. Do your job and kick Hopkins out of the country Today. Yeah, like in an hour. You can do that. Do it. Yeah, I don't think there's any problem with doing that right now. Yeah. After recording, but before the upload, we have heard that she has actually got the arse. Endemol Shine cut off her contract and therefore she will be going home, it would seem. This has nothing to do apparently with the fact that she is a vicious racist and a general piece of shit and they have not withdrawn the idea that maybe this was a bad idea. The issue relates to a video she made planning to flout quarantine rules 
rules and all sorts of bullshit about COVID being a hoax, which shows that uh, racism is still fine, apparently. Racism is still fine. And in other news, capital rioter and Pennsylvania pizza shop owner Pauline Bauer Try the loaded pepperoni jar. It's terrific. You get a free yeah. garlic bread and a warrant for your arrest with every two family-sized pizzas. I wonder if they do a maritime pizza that has maritime <laughs> law on it. Fucking idiots. <laughs> idiots. Pauline Bauer, who watched her pizza shop become an abandoned hellhole during the COVID pandemic in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, well an abandoned hellhole in Western Pennsylvania during the COVID <laughs> pandemic. It wasn't just the pandemic in Western Pennsylvania. Uh, she swallowed a very large red pill, Mark yep. Sovsit, and hasn't looked back since. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-way road to success. She stands accused of multiple counts of violent entry, disruptive conduct, and obstruction of Congress after she broke into the Capitol building. Disruptive conduct. It's like you're in high school. It's like you just won't stop talking in class, and now you're going to jail. Man, she's lucky just to be facing that because once in the Capitol, she is alleged to have told police, bring Nancy Pelosi out here. Now we want to hang that fucking bitch. That's very disruptive. That is is very disruptive. Yeah, that is, that is, yeah, that's bordering on naughty. And uh, as any 12-year-old will tell you, actions have consequences. And now it's consequence time for Bauer. Instead of seeking a plea deal or even hiring a lawyer, Bowers decided to represent herself in court in what lawyers describe as, and I quote, an inadvisable strategy. What a great word. (laughs) Uh, But it gets worse. Comma, semicolon, Pauline, colon, Bauer is a sovereign citizen. Mm -hmm. Uh, The courts barely know what to do do with these people. They should know by now. Instead of entering a plea, a will roll on with faux legal mumbo-jumbo. The clerk of the courts in this instance, with few options available, decided to enter Bow's plea as not guilty mm-hmm. and received this filing in response, or part of it, and I'll read that out. I demand the court correct the record to reflect innocent in the common usage as blameless, as this is my <laughs> common... Semicolon Pauline Colin Bowers right. Fuck off. The filing went on. Syllogism in presumption of guilt, and guilt is in in quotation marks, to the dead legal fictional in quotation marks person, all in caps, close quotation marks, is rebutted and refutare. And refutare is both Latin and Italian for I refute. Yeah, I, ref- I refute everything she just said. That was just <laughs> brain poison. Sobs, it's frequently tossed around Latin terms here and there in a pathetic attempt to appear legitimate. Yeah, yeah. pseudo-legal gibberish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The collection of seemingly random grammatical symbols is another mad form of self-sit expression. Yep. Uh, they believe they hurl a few colons and semicolons around their names or somehow confuse a ma- mailing database. So that <laughs> correspondence from the courts, from law enforcement, from the tax office, from any sort of government source will end up undeliverable. They're so funny. They're they so very, funny. Very funny I love them so yeah. much. Do not put a comma after your name, otherwise the ATO will never speak to you again. They just won't know who you are. Like, you know, you're basically a Mallorca at that point. (laughs) Fucking. Look, it would be hugely entertaining if it weren't so dangerous. The sovereign citizen movement was declared a domestic terror threat by the FBI in 2015. They pose a significant risk to law enforcement in particular. The US police officers have been murdered while carrying out routine traffic stops on these fucking clowns. They absolutely have. And it's fucking terrifying. Some of them are on video. Oh, yeah. 
Lord don't don't actually watch them. It's awful seeing a person shot. And meanwhile, in lockdown Greater Sydney, kind of lockdown Greater Sydney, a woman was refused service at a chicken shop in Fairfield. And look, I don't want to name this person because at face value, her partner was actually seen outside the chicken shop with a mask on at the Portuguese chicken store Frango's. And she claimed to have a medical exemption. And all right, these things do exist. Uh, you know, masks can have side effects. Some are genuine. Most really aren't. It's, it's like, oh, I've got an exemption, but you can't see it because the Disability Act. You don't have an exemption. You're a fucking but long story short, the maskless woman did not get served. And look, I personally fully agree with that. No shoes, no service, no mask, no service. This story might seem a little bit of a nothing burger, but I just wanted to read what a staff member from Frango's at uh, Smithfield said because it bears considering. For listeners outside Sydney, Smithfield is next door to Fairfield in Sydney's west and an area on the map where COVID infections are rampant. It's a hot zone. And so the staff member at Frango's made this point. We are people, she said. We are yeah. in an area where COVID-19 cases are through the roof and we are still trying to work. Yep. And that's it in a nutshell. Here we have low-paid workers in the hospitality industry who travel into a hot COVID zone to make your food. Yep. They put themselves at risk, so show them some fucking respect by wearing a mask while you order. It's three fucking minutes of your time. Or get home delivery, or just, I don't know, make your own fucking food. But don't stop disrespect the workers. About it. It's like the you're fucking being worst. discriminated against. I drove Fuck. past fucking lentils, uh, lentil as anything, uh, on King Street, and they had a sign out the front saying, no mask, no service, not kidding, or for real, or something like that. And mm. I saw some fucking guy who looked exactly like the Northern Rivers in just a person form going up <laughs> and having a go at the guy. Like, it was like the sign was like incredibly necessary because the people that lentils attract is the kind of fucking people who think masks are a fucking conspiracy. And there you go. You've got someone who's not only on a ward wage, but a fucking volunteer who's sitting there yeah. putting themselves out outside in winter, serving food to people with no money, and some fucking entitled cunt comes up with no mask on, saying, oh, what are you, fucking paid by George Soros? No, not paid by anyone. They're fucking volunteers. Anyway, it shit me to tears. It shits me to tears, it's too. Not cool. And furthermore, don't fuck up at Frango's, listeners. Good advice. And there are five great locations in the great Sydney area, Smithfield, Penrith, Petersham, Gregory, and Bella Vista. Where oh, the is. fuck that is? <laughs> Leave Frango's chicken alone, you sick, twisted fucks. And to the proprietor of Frango's, your chicken is superb and we are open to a full-scale corporate sponsorship worth thousands of dollars I'll at any time. I'll just take food. I'll just take food. The Frango's conditional release program is a nice ring to it, wouldn't you say? Although, can you bastards please take the octopus off the menu? I don't, yeah. like, I don't like people who eat. I mean, I don't like being served octopus. I think it's a disgrace. Yeah. <clears throat> Disgraceful. Uh, look, I'm all for consuming mollusks, but not cephalopods. Your standard octopus is as smart as a whip, smarter than a dog, and My definitely dog, smarter the, than the combined intellect of the Morrison cabinet. <laughs> In hard. fact, an octopus is probably what we need leading in this country. But all that aside, Joel, and I are willing to prostitute ourselves for Frango's chicken. Abs 100%. Absolutely, and we will wear a mask as we take your free chicken. <laughs> no question, no question. Send us a bucket right now and we'll review it favourably. 
Exactly. We will lie on air. And finally, in news that saw Joel exhale in utter relief. It was relieving, yes. Former New South Wales detective Roger Rogerson, described in this program as the most dangerous bastard in Australia, has lost his appeal and now will almost certainly die behind bars for the murder of Jamie Gow and drug trafficking offences committed as a joint criminal enterprise with his old New South Wales cop mate, Glenn McNamara. The Court of Criminal Appeal threw out their cases in Sydney on Friday, uh, Friday the 15th of July, almost five years after they were jailed for life for murdering Jamie Gow. The judgment read, the case relied upon Rogerson was completely lacking in credibility. I shouldn't laugh, but I have to. (laughs) And did not raise any doubt about his guilt. It was a complete and utter waste of fucking time. And they were they were told, go back and you know, go back and sort yourselves out. Do you reckon they turned up with like, you know, like a a free man on the land defense? I, Roger of the family (laughs) Rogerson, (laughs) am a free man to kill the corporate entity Jamie Gow with free of consequence, as I am not the straw man you think I am. I am I am flesh and blood Roger Rogerson. I love Uh, the idea of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it, uh, it, it, it's it's more than likely now that uh, Roger really does have to go down the soft-sit route. If he's going to request leave to appeal, the, the only place he's got now is the High Court. Oh, the Maritime Court as well, but that's another story. <laughs> All about Maritime law today. I don't know, I've got a, I've got a Maritime bee in my bonnet. Uh, look, it's a great shame. Not least of all because Joel didn't want Roger knocking on his door in the wee hours, demanding an explanation. <laughs> Warren Lamb, Franchi style for the conditional release program's worst criminals episode, which put Roger on the top of that nasty little hierarchy. We weren't nice to him. We weren't nice to him at all. We didn't say nice things. Roger remains behind bars. The last I heard of him, he was ripping off phone cards, which is kind of like currency in prison, from other uh, other prisoners who are suffering dementia. He's in that sort of old people's ward, so a lot of of his uh, inmates have got dementia. What a piece of shit. And he's ripping them off. Oh, my God. he also plays piano. On an old clunker set, they've set up in the uh, in the wing. Play on, Roger. What's the French for encore? Play on, son. Play on. <laughs> Look, if you do the same thing, no one will notice because they can't remember. They're all fucking demented. <laughs> <laughs> And as Roger tinkles the ivories, we turn our attention to even worse people than him. Oh, no. Worse than the Dodger? How can anyone be worse than the Dodger? About to find out. Well, maybe no one in terms of murderousness. But in mind-numbing stupidity, they got old Rog covered, and that's because they say the strangest things, and we pick them up, throw them in with some others, and ask, which black bill fuckwit said that? I like the idea that maybe one of these quotes is going to be, since when has there been a thing called CCTV? <laughs> now, Black Bill Fuckwit is brought to you by Franco's Chicken. <laughs> the best damn chicken in the world. But hold the octopus, if you don't mind. Yeah, now, this week, Giles Price is the empty seat, soon to be vacated by Katie Hopkins leaving the fucking country. Good. Uh, and Joel will have an empty seat, an empty bed on the Ooh. Big Brother program if he gets everything correct today. Mm. Yes, Joel, you too could have a, a flash of fleeting fame on Big Brother and flip that into a recording contract. Or maybe you could write a casually racist column for the sun. The ladder, the ladder. The world will be your oyster. Another mollusk, albeit a delicious one. Yeah, oysters don't have feelings. I, I love them. Are you ready, Joe? I am. As this ready as is, This is for a bed on the Big Brother set. Who first said bleach-based household cleaners could cure coronavirus? Was it number 45, ex-president Donald Trump? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Was it prominent QAnon influencer known as Police Chief 2? Mm-hmm. Was it Ron Watkins posing as Q? The usual. Was it Jim Humble, founder of Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing? I'm totally going with D. That sounds about right. Well, yes, it almost is all of the above, but you're absolutely correct. Jim Humble, yep. founder of Genesis Mexican-based Genesis Two Church of Health and Healing was the first out of the blocks to say, have a good swig of bleach and you'll knock fucking coronavirus for six. What a fucking idiot. So Police Chief 2 was peddling this stuff as a, a QAnon influencer around about 2016. I love that guy. He had the list of um, people that had been murdered um, at Guantanamo and he had a Patreon that was making something dumb like $80,000 a year. Yeah, Just he was making, making up fortune. random people who had been murdered in the case of, you know, the white hats had got to them and taken them to Guantanamo and given two in the back of the head. It's very funny. And finally, just a, a Ron Watkins Q post said it three days before number 45 jumped up and said, why don't we just whack a bit of bleach in there and maybe a bit of uh, light, you know, ultraviolet light. That could work too. Yeah. Got to get it in the body, which you can do. So uh, Trump last cab off that off that rank there that, and Jim Humble. Rank of stupidity. All right, great. I'm I'm going I'm going to the house. I'm going to the house. You're on your way. You're on your way. Work on that voice. You get that recording contract. <laughs> um, question two: Who said I am here by special divine appearance, a living soul? I do not stand under the law. Under Genesis one, God gave man dominion over the law. <laughs> there's a, there's a sentence that means absolutely. Fucking nothing. It really does. It's maritime law written all over it. Maritime law. But who said it? Was it a, dep- a deposition from declared vexatious litigant by the Supreme Court of WA with his position being described as, and I quote the WA Supreme Court, nonsensical and incoherent, oh, yeah. Wayne Glue. That's our boy. <laughs> he should have business cards uh, public, uh, printed, shouldn't he? Wayne Glue, nonsensical and incoherent. <laughs> Was it the motto of Barrel's Organic Store? Every good store's got to have a motto. Was it pizza shop owner and Capitol Building writer Pauline Bauer, who, as we said on January 6th, wanted to fucking hang Nancy Pelosi? They want to brought out here so I can fucking hang her myself. I mean, we all want to do it. It's just that only some of us say it, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to say it. You're not allowed to say it. Or was it Roger Rogerson unsuccessfully appealing his murder and drug trafficking conviction? Honestly, I want to say D because it ties in my earlier joke, uh, but that joke was... <laughs> also baseless, just like the defense of the idiot Capitol building writer, Pauline Bauer, who I think went maritime law on this. She she sort of did, yeah. It she sounds said, American. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like an American quote. Like, even in Australia, our wing nuts go to nine, but that's ten. That is ten out of idiot ten. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She, she She went on to say that she is flesh and blood. Yes. Uh, yes. This is the other thing, that they'll follow their DNA. That their DNA predates the corporatization of the United States. She did the um, blood thumbprint on her um, on her paperwork, which is just yeah. So that makes her a maritime vessel somehow or something. It was in the primary. I'm a clerk of the courts. I'm just throwing that shit out. You know, hundred percent. It's a fucking biohazard. A biohazard. (laughs) Throw that shit out. Fucking disgusting. God, these people suck. All right. So well done, Joel. You, you, Close. You are, Close. I'll get hold of Animal Shine. Yeah, I'll get hold of Animal Shine. I got him on the line now because you're uh, you're looking like you'll replace Katie Hopkins very, very you soon. You know, if I do go to the, the Big Brother house, you're all going to see my dick. I just want you all to know that in advance. I, I think you'll be naked in the quarantine period. 
Um, I'm probably just going to stand around naked yeah, as a general I, dem- I, I demand that I be served food naked. Yeah, exactly. I refuse to wear clothing. I refuse to wear clothing on this dumbass show. All right. Well, this is a tough one. This is question three. The last question. What is the origin of the QAnon hashtag and motto, where we go one, we go all? Is it tattered in the ass of POTUS 26? And a man historians say, liked war a little bit too much, Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. He actually wrote an essay on what it was like to kill a man. Uh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. He wrote an essay. And this was when he was with the Rough Riders, leading the Rough Riders in battle in Cuba, and he shot a bloke dead, shot him in the face, shot him dead. And he wrote an Fuck essay hell. about what it felt like. And to Teddy, you know what it felt like? It felt good. <laughs> Well, he had many, many good uh, good points, but he did like war too much, Teddy Roosevelt. Jesus. Was it? So was it Teddy Roosevelt? Was it the last words of the assassinated POTUS 25? Teddy's predecessor and one of those trivia questions, uh, trivia answers to the questions of how many US presidents have been assassinated. And uh, before JFK, there was William McKinley. Was it did, did Teddy Roosevelt actually do it? Just like <laughs> shoot him from afar? Oh, well, well. We'll get on to that. So was it the last words of <laughs> William McKinley, uh, POTUS 25, or was it the last words of his assassin, ah. anarchist Leon Zolgosh? Okay, I'm going to call him the last words of his patsy, uh, anarchist Leon <laughs> Zolgosh. It was definitely Teddy McKinley Roosevelt. McKinley was, was, was um, very um, very humane about it all. He, he was shot, and, and they considered that he was not badly wounded. He'd been shot in the neck, and he was at a, at a public function, and the crowd all turned on the assassin, Zolgosh. And uh, McKinley, while he was lying there, said, go easy on him, boys. Wow. That is humble shit. Yeah. I would be like, rip him from fuck, rip him to shreds. That would be my One of the great uh, US presidential expansionists, William McKinley, but also saying, go easy on the bloke who has just shot me. Interesting. He was considered to be going okay, and and then Teddy Roosevelt took off to the bush, uh, took off in, uh, in one of his many forays into the wilds of Pennsylvania, I think, and got the message. Uh, the president's taking a turn for the worse. You better come back. In fact, he was told that he had to come back as he was going to be president because McKinley had died. It's a fucking convenient story, I tell you what. Or was it an inscription on the Kennedy family yacht moored at Kennebunkport, Massachusetts, just just above Mary Jo Kopechny's watery grave? So this is actually really interesting because I was expecting a different answer to be in there, uh, the whole White Squall um, uh, Ridley Scott mm. movie thing, which is a generally kept thing. So I'm going to go with the Kennedy family yacht. It sounds like something, it's it's it reeks of QAnon. Yeah, so look, you're absolutely right. And you, Joel, are now a contestant. Ah, fuck. A contestant. I should have got that wrong. You have to live with some fucking awful people for a very, very long time. I don't time. know who's in the house or anything, so I'm just going to have to go along with it. I don't love it. I'll just go in there and just peel them all and just tell them all that Bill Gates has paid for me to be there and that the entire thing's a fucking conspiracy and they're all going to die from the vaccine and it'll be really. Really funny. Well, it, look, if you don't want to go, you can get out of it this way because it actually isn't. There, there was no inscription on the Kennedy family yacht. However, QAnon people believe oh, that. Oh, they say yeah, that. They okay, say they're trying to. It. They're trying to get away from the fact that it actually came from a shit movie called yeah, White that's Squall. Right. Yeah. To virtually everything that QAnon's put about as a sort of foundation belief is stolen from a work of fiction. Generally yeah, speaking, yeah. a movie because these guys aren't readers, right? The Luther Blissett thing, you know, yeah. that's yeah. It's it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, so there there was no to be to be absolutely clear, there was no inscription on the Kennedy family yacht other than we have lots of fucking money because because dad was a Rook. <laughs> 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 
Uh, <laughs> that would be the only one. And, of course, Mary Jo Kopechny is the, uh, is the victim of Teddy Kennedy's willful drunk driving. And she oh, wow. is in a watery grave somewhere in Kennebunkport. That is dark Massachusetts. as fuck. Hello, Mary Jo Kopechny. A big hello from the show today. Oh, good friend of the podcast. Now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Pill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. And send it to Jack, because I'm getting the questions now. We will send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tailor if you make his life easier and send us a quote that we can use on the show. But make sure you send it to Jack because I can't yeah, see it beforehand. Be the this is not rigged. of Jack. That's me. That's J-A-C-K for those who have trouble spelling. The conditional release program <laughs> stubby holder is the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. And that study has been peer-reviewed now and it will be published in Lancet in September where I expect it, it, it will cause quite a stir. It's going to get retracted. You could write a study <laughs> to fucking life. Some said, you know, the conditional release program causes autism. Uh, the conditional release program stubby holder causes autism. Uh, other stubby sorry, holders sorry. have been found wanting. So if you need something cold to wash down your frangos, delicious Portuguese chicken, hold the octopus. You need to drop us a line. Mark to the attention of Jack at, at email address, the conditional release program at gmail.com. Do it for you. Do it for us. Do it for frangos. Drop us a line, listeners. Excellent work. Yes, indeed. <laughs> And kicking off our anti-vaxxer update this week, to the astonishment of fucking no one, with the possible <laughs> exception of Craig Kelly, uh, there's been an ivermectin study which was which had to be taken down. Ooh, yeah. poor old Craig. It's not entirely true, which is a part of the problem. Oh, oh. Oh, Craig Kelly has had a terrible blow this week with his pet project, the use of ivermectin to treat COVID, has been exposed for the bullshit anti-vax trope that it is. And while any reasonable individual would welcome a treatment for COVID, of course we do, that would save lives, bugger all cost. I mean, we're living the dream here. Ivermectin has long been used as a ridiculous alternative to the vaccine with bogus studies published in pay-for-play journals in order to discredit the jab as the only option to solve the COVID-19 crisis. It's fucking clearly bullshit. So first was hydroxychloroquine. And when that was a dud it was a dud because it wasn't used in combination with zinc and vitamin d when that was a dud it had to be used with doxycycline because that's the thing with these conspiracy fuckheads they are constantly wrong and they just simply shift the goalposts placing the burden on expensive scientific research to prove their dumbass theories wrong it's so much easier to bullshit than to prove bullshit wrong. It's exponentially more difficult. So ivermectin has been a huge example of that with so many sketchy studies being pushed by sketchy doctors who clearly have ulterior motives and these cult-like followings. You can't fucking trust a thing they say. Yeah, look, I just, I mean, why do these things exist on the right? I mean, it started with hydroxychloroquine and then ivermectin, which for those who don't know what ivermectin it's a de-louser. Yes, it is. I mean, we often say Craig's got the got this cleaner scalp. Eat your dinner. Yes. Eat your frangos of uh, yes. of Craig Kelly's <laughs> scalp. I, look, I just I, I find this the, the one of the more bizarre sort of things that that somehow the right has some 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 of the extreme right has, has picked up alternate medical treatments to uh, uh, to, to basically the vaccines for COVID. I can give you a clue as to why this exists, and I can tell you as we're going to talk about the FLCCC later. They sell alternative treatments to COVID. Mm, yeah, just say everything. Money, all this stuff is all. 
Merit by supplements. It's always a oh, fucking grift. Always a grift. I should have known better. So, yeah, I, I've, been, well, I've been startled by this for a lo- very long time. It's the efficacy that's incredible. The fact that these sort of ridiculous grifts that could just be a simple thing saying, hey, man, look, I've got this really cool cure. Here's some snake oil. Do you want to buy it? Turns into a epic partisan issue that divides mm. an entire country across multi-billion dollar party line. And it's all just to sell some fucking bleach. I mean, it's next level stuff. So the retracted study has been used heavily by these right-wing figures who've been dividing the country, pushing this bullshit miracle cure, which is otherwise known, as we said, as sheep drench to treat fucking lice and is now retracted for ethical concerns, Mm. which is just a nice medical way of saying... This whole thing was fucking made most up. Of it was so, made, most of it was made yeah. up. Patients were made up. Just uh, they just changed their names and shit. Yeah. And, 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 Incredible. And dates in the study were wrong. So, you know. Just fabricated. One of the people under treatment was said to have died on the 31st of June 2020. That doesn't exist. There ain't no 31st of June 2020. So It's just incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that was just thrown in there that was kind of a bit made up, Joe. And the thing that makes it hard is the study claimed to be a random randomized control trial, mm. which is a well-regarded methodology, a fantastic playing card for the anti-vax crowd. And this is the kind of thing you would do to determine the efficacy of a treatment like this. And the study was led by Dr. Ahmed Elgazar. So it's causally referred to as the Elgazar study. And it was such a huge win for the ivermectin crowd because it claimed that ivermectin reduced mortality by 90%, wow. which should be... Be an alarm bell because it's such a big fucking number. Yeah, yeah, it is. So people just jumped on all this stuff. Kelly was pushing it all over the place. Loves it. And the thing was, like, you know, this sort of thing, it sort of went by unnoticed somehow. But of course, the way in which journals work is you have to lodge complaints and lodge opposition. That's right. That's what we talk about when we say peer review. I mean, that, that's, yes. that's what the process is about. Reviewed by your peers. So basically, they can cherry pick who reviews it and then put it in the journal. Mm. And then from there onwards, it's really difficult to retract. But this kid, this medical student in London, he was assigned the paper as part of an assignment in his master's degree and he found that parts of the study were not only using sketchy numbers and full of errors but even the fucking text was plagiarized from ivermectin websites using synonyms to get around plagiarism (laughs) detection i mean this is high school shit and this absolutely supports my golden rule theory which is rule number one anti-vaxxers lie they just lie and they love to and they love to cut and paste too they love they love that little time saver control c control v and yep. uh, and straight into a bit of text. Oh, hang on, that word's been used before. We better just look into the thesaurus and get yep. get the get that another word that means the same thing. A very good friend of mine, a very good friend of the podcast, uh, was called his sister the Cut and Paste Brigade because she would just cut and paste anti-vax tropes into giant Facebook posts, just claim as their own. This is hands. Because anti-vaxxers lie. That's what they do. So basically, we had this situation where other academics were raising these concerns of the paper. This is including a Sydney researcher who found the claims in the paper to be mathematically impossible. Oh, whoops. But- and another who just claims it was just totally faked. Yeah. Yeah. And like, look, Craig Kelly, who's blocked me on Twitter. Block me too. God love him. He's got you. He's got, got you as well. as well. That's good. Well, I did say, you know, basically, you know, I did say about him, you know, that I've got a toaster oven that's smarter than Craig Kelly. It's got a clock in it. And I think it was for that that he gave me the ass. Factually correct. <laughs> so basically, he's still backing ivermectin, but he's now moved on to a new wanted drug, shifting the goalpost as usual. There we go. Proxalutamide? Oh. Uh, these, are, these are big words. This is being pushed by the same bunch of sketchy anti-vax fuckheads, the FLCCC, Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. Nothing sketchy here. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> absolutely unsurprisingly, the claims made around this drug are in sketchy studies that have been rejected by several oh, journals. Again? And due to the fact the claims are almost impossibly good, they raise alarms. And this is the funny thing these guys do. It's just like at every march, they've got a million people when it's like two or 3,000, which is not bad. And 80% of pregnancies fail in vaxxed women. Like, as if, if you said 5% of pregnancies failed in vaxxed women, I am at that point alarmed. But no, it has to be 80 <laughs> I don't believe you. So, they just, they just wildly exaggerate their claims to the point of being basically implausible and proxalutamide is being pushed by Brazil's shit-nosed Donald Trump figure Jair Bolsonaro because at this point healthcare is a partisan fucking political issue this is where we are Bolsonaro was in was in hospital this week too and uh, yeah that's a shit-nosed jab unfortunately recovered um Mm. yeah terrible great shame great shame why medical medical science has a lot to answer for on that one So, with the largest ivermectin study withdrawn due to being completely full of shit, and inevitably most of the meta-studies that relied on it for their conclusions being retracted as well, it is a serious blow to the Mm. anti-vax movement that are heavily relying on these alternative cures in order to push their anti-vaccine agenda. And while the study is retracted, FLCCC are moving on to these different drugs to gaslight people on a COVID cure. Kelly's reaction to the findings just says it all. He's railed on Twitter about how it's all fake news, it's paid for by Bill Gates, must be ignored, it's a Guardian conspiracy... Because a leopard can't change his spots. And Kelly, who has blocked me on Twitter, can't help but to just be completely full of shit. <laughs> completely full of shit. Terrible human being. They just can't change. The cognitive dissonance in this group is just wild. Mm. Well, look, uh, as I've always said, you know, if, I, if I'm in every need of pharmaceuticals, I go to a bloke who used to sell fucking Ottoman for a fucking living. Jesus Christ. Let's go to the dumbest people in the country and ask them what they reckon. Yeah, exactly. And let's have them make memes based on discredited studies. He's so fucking tiring. So, look, let's go. Let's 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 lighten the load. Oh, let's good. not get to. Let's have some lighter anti-vaxxer news. Good friend of the podcast and ex-housemate of the podcast, the Couch Dweller, little bit anonymous there, <laughs> sent us in this delicious screenshot. He fucking knows who he is. And this begs a serious question: I love this. When the vaccine wipes out the adult population, what happens to the? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. This is big deal. So, Arena posted this genius brain fart onto Facebook, and I quote. My husband asked a very good question last night. If this is all true, that people who've had the V will start dying, we will have a situation with a lot of orphans. What is going to happen to those children? Is it what the pedophile elite want? Are they after our children? And yes, Arena's husband, that is a very good question. I mean, the logic checks out, right? Like, kids aren't being vaccinated. Doesn't that seem a bit suspicious? Why are they not being vaccinated? <laughs> With the white hats in charge in the QAnon world tainting adrenochrome supplies, which has resulted in several celebrity deaths and illnesses over the past few years, and we all know that's objectively true, the elites need a new source of torture baby blood. Vaccine orphans are going to be just what the doctor <laughs> Look, the, the thing I love about this exchange was that it just started almost like a normal chat about <laughs> what yeah. was, you know, I mean, you know, the, this is so what the casual. kids were going to be doing. I mean, they were their own children, what they were going to be doing, you know, and that sort of mundane Facebook comment yep. stuff. And, and then so it just casual. moved all of a sudden, <laughs> in the blink of an eye, <laughs> it moved. <laughs> The, uh, the the subject of billions of children being, being available now to have their adrenochrome trade. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's very funny because that is the thing with the thread. Like, 
people reading it, they're like, oh, that's a really good point. They're not like, <laughs> they just, oh, maybe, they went, maybe that's a bit crazy. They went from first gear to top gear in a space of a, of a couple of seconds. And, <laughs> and they fucking loved it. Like, they I, lapped it know, up. My son's, playing, my son's playing basketball right now. Yeah, but what happens if <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but what happens if all the adults are dead? You know, I mean, this is just going to be a pedophile paradise, isn't it? It is. It is. Basically, there's there's kids, kids for days, kids for days. And everyone just went, yeah, oh, shit, I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Crikey, you know? Thanks, Arena's husband. Really figured it Arena's out. So husband, it does look like. Wit. Anyway. He's exposed the deep state plot to secure up adrenochrome supplies and line up an abundant supply of children to abuse systematically. And look, now we know, I guess. So <laughs> I personally support this entirely. I mean, how couldn't you? As one of the people who is being murdered by the vaccine, I won't be leaving a child behind to be consumed as juice. But <laughs> as someone that fully understands the grave nature of adrenochrome withdrawal, I've seen it. When Hillary Clinton's withdrawing from adrenochrome, she's fucking sick. She looks like she's got pneumonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's adrenochrome. This is a perfectly reasonable plan to secure the supplies from here until, I mean, fuck, forever. I mean, that's a lot of kids. So, look, well done, the cabal. You nailed it. And just finally, I just want to say when we talk about uh, QAnon plagiarism, I mean, the whole adrenochrome business came up in in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's where they've stolen it from, the idea of adrenochrome, which was a made-up thing even for Hunter S. Thompson. It's a fictional tale, you fucking moron. All right, today we have uh, Lucky Lance, the uh, anti-scamming activist who went in with the movement and decided it was full of shit. How'd you get involved in all this? G'day, mate. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I thought you'd never, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> oh, mate, I've been waiting for an excuse. <laughs> I've been watching and going, why do they fucking call me? I want to go on. <laughs> it started off uh, from my Facebook, Lucky Lance. I thought the media in regards to the coronavirus, I thought the media were exaggerating and catastrophizing it a little bit. Yeah, and maybe they were. Yeah, maybe for good reason. They wanted people to take it seriously so that it doesn't get out of hand like it has in some other countries. Yeah. What set me off was I seen them showing footage of busy hospitals. Yeah, that's right. And they, and it wasn't even Australian hospitals. So I drove to every hospital in Melbourne one night yep. and made a little funny video at each of the emergency wards. Obviously, I didn't get inside. Yeah, yeah. Could have been real busy inside for all I know. But I did speak to a director of nursing who told me uh, elective surgeries were off. And in fact, they weren't busy and some nurses weren't getting shifts. And in regards to the working 12-hour shifts, no breaks, I found that a 12-hour shift was a standard shift Pretty standard, yeah. Which is brutal. That's why nurses are heroes. Exactly. They are heroes. And I I hate for anyone to think I don't love nurses. I spent two years in hospital myself and nurses are godly people. I love them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they do it because they care. They don't do it for the money because they get paid fuck all. Yep. They do it because they're caring good people. Yeah, I agree. But I went to the hospitals and they were, to my surprise, I went to every hospital at night and I couldn't find one patient in any of the emergency rooms. So yep. I made a little video, posted it up, and it got, uh, I think one video got half a million views and I got Jeez. a few thousand followers. Then I was, you know, reading all sorts of stuff online and listening to all the influencers and I was making some more videos, poking fun of the, the corona. And then it was uh, some of the influencers reached out, wanted me to join their groups like RDA, groups like that, contact me we want you to join so then i started looking into reignite and all these groups and i it wasn't long before i realized it's a complete absolute sham complete grift i look in the backgrounds of these people they've been involved in other scams they've been trying to get famous for years they've been yeah, yeah. Uh, applying for game shows and whatnot like thanos <laughs> so i noticed that they're not really truly believing in what they're talking about 
It's all for money and fame. Yeah. And even if they do believe it, essentially it's still basically a stepping stone towards cash and recognition in the street. It's what they really want at the end of the day. That's right. So once I realized that, it's a complete scam. I was just horrified. I thought, and it's gaslighting people, it's manipulating people, it's conning people. Yeah, exactly. Especially vulnerable people, conning vulnerable people that are feeling upset, scared about the situation, they're not trusting of the government. Yep. And then the grif- the grifters, the activists come in and they seize on that moment. And I yep. thought that was absolutely despicable behaviour. Yep. I've quickly forgot about the corona and the government. I'm not really interested in what uh, they're up to. I've just It's just tunnel vision and just try my best to expose as many of these crowdfunding scammers yeah. as I can. And that's the thing. Expose is a key word too. That's what you do. You expose them, which is really good. Yeah, expose them. It's not, look, I do enjoy it. <laughs> I make some funny jokes. They're pretty distasteful jokes. Uh, I don't apologize for that. We're talking about people that are taking advantage of vulnerable people for financial gain, yeah. obtaining financial advantage by deception. So I don't mince words. I make some horrible statements about them and, and, and I'm proud of that. When it comes to your work as an anti-scamming activist, you actually do reach pilled people because they came onto your page when you were doing those hospital videos and they've stuck around. And sure enough, in the comment section, they get a little bit shirty, but they are being exposed to your content. And maybe, just maybe, they're starting to realize, hold on a second, something's wrong here. Whereas most people in the sort of anti-anti-lockdown movement just talk amongst themselves. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you've got reach outside the bubble. Yeah, well, that would explain um, all the death threats that I get uh, on a constant basis. Uh, got IVO applications coming out of my ears. Yep. But, um, yeah, so that would explain that because I'm I'm part of the movement. No good deed ever goes unpunished. Yes, that's right. That's what I believe. I, I don't believe in karma, but I believe it can cause an effect. Yeah. When you do the wrong thing, and I speak from experience, when you do the wrong thing, it doesn't end well. Yeah. 99% of the time, it goes badly for you. It's just cause and effect. A lot of these people are going to have pretty spectacular fall from grace, but I think a few of them are, let's face it, going to get rid of it. Starting now, you see the mainstream media is starting to notice and they're going really hard on a lot of these anti-everything groups. Yeah, which is good. It's a start. I'm emailing every journalist I can get my hands on. I'm, I'm selling my soul to the mainstream media to, expo- <laughs> to expose these people. I've got my followers reporting the the crowdfunding scams to GoFundMe, to the AFP, to VicPol to the ACCC, to the Legal Services Board. It's a campaign uh, from myself with the help of my followers yep. uh, to just bring justice to these uh, to these grifters where we can. And it's not yep. easy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, but I don't want to be a pest to the, to the police and they get sick, you know, with this minor stuff, you know, they've got important jobs. Yeah, exactly. Just constantly fielding bullshit. So one of the guys that's a bit of a, um, a sort of anti-lockdown hero is Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul is a scamming, crowdfunding, lying rat. Yeah. Fuck Pastor Paul. <laughs> Last time I checked, I can't find it now, he had 2,966 donors for his magistrate's court bail app. Yeah, right. Not dollars, donors. They're usually donors. between twenty and a hundred dollars. Yes. See, the problem, the difference between myself and all the people on Facebook, right? So I see a crowdfunding. I see someone crowdfunding tens of thousands for a magistrate's court bail app. That's two to three thousand dollars. Yeah, like you'd have to have a team of QCs to justify that. And and these people are using, and they're using the cheapest lawyers available. Yeah, if not free ones, to be honest. Let's face it, these guys probably don't pay their bills. I shouldn't say that, but they probably don't. Well, there are, some of them are offering the. Uh, you know, advertising in a platform for some of these lawyers, and the lawyers are hiring. They're hiring like ambulance chases from fucking Danny Nong and, and and suburban lawyers, right? And it's all they really 
really need for these applications because it's just it's just paperwork, really. You go in there and you say, not guilty, thanks for playing, and I'll see you in a few weeks. The same with fight the fines. You know, there's a fight. A lot of people fighting crowdfunding to fight the fines. That's an absolute scam. The fine is the smallest thing you can yeah. go to court for. It's an infringement. You can fill yeah. out the back of the fine and send it in. Yeah. Or you could pay a, um, a scammer a couple hundred grand to go and fight it for you. Yeah, and what is the fight going to be like? What are they going to do? They're going to send bloody Brett Walker in there to challenge these fines. Like, you know, it's just not the way it's going to work. No, they, they, they don't, there's not. the courts have been closed for the last year here in Melbourne. Uh, it's, everything's been done on WebEx. So the fi- your fine will be yeah. done over, on the papers, ex parte. You fill out the back of the form, you send it in. They book in a WebEx, you give them your story, and the judge has got some discretion to either uh, have it proven and dismissed yeah. or find, find it guilty, or sometimes they can even just throw it out. And it's an infringement. It's an infringement. Yeah. I'll continue fighting them. You know, I've got, I have some academic friends, nerds like yourself, <laughs> and they say, What do you care? If people are stupid enough to give them money, they deserve it. And that's a comment that I get. And I have thought about that. I thought, oh, That is a good point. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? And I went, No. It's not okay to rip off dumb people. Right. I'm a bit dumb myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay to rip off dumb people. So yeah, no, it's not. It's really not at all. And like you say, you know, they're sort of they're vulnerable and they're scared and they, you know, they don't trust the government. And then these guys come along and say, "Oh, mate, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna have freedom, you just got to give me twenty bucks." And they just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it endlessly. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna give up. I think this is gonna be my my life's work. Continue to to do my best. It's not a big platform or anything, but I'll. I will continue to learn and expose uh, scams in any walk of life where I find them and point them out. Great job. It's really good. I think like a a lot of it's very effective. And one of the ways you can know it's effective is how viciously they oppose your work. Um, You've had a few scuffles legally and sort of personally. You've had some threats. I think you had someone turn up at your place. Yeah, I had a guy turn up. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah, yeah, guy turned up at uh, Ranton and Raven and um, what do you call it? He went to he went to have a go, went to have a swing and um, what do you call it? So, well, I can say this here because I told this same thing to the cops. I said, I said, what happened? I said, well, I've just bashed him until you guys got here. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is not yeah, a great yeah. result for him. But like that's the thing, you know, these people have gone from behind a keyboard to actually turning up at your house hoping to harm you. And then you've got this other bloke you entrapped on a um on a message thread was conspiring to you know launch an attack on you somehow yeah that was a funny one that guy he's uh, friends with morgan jonas yeah morgan jonas has inboxed me a few times uh wanted to meet up he wants to have a bit of biffo i think and i'm thinking yeah it's, we're not in school anymore mate it's not how it works yeah yeah i, I just said what you're interested in the cash offer <laughs> so I put out, <laughs> i'll put out a few cash offers i think it's up to 35k for, for info because i'm really pushing i really want to see criminal charges against a lot of these people yeah and i think that will happen i think it's just a matter of time but like you know when it comes down to to it, criminal charges can result in suspended sentences and the usual la-di-dar of a first offence. And, I mean, you know, until someone really does at least a month inside, I think a lot of people are just going to consider that getting arrested is a great thing to do because you end up getting a legal fees grift out of it and you'll get more followers as a result. And essentially everything is just about show and the whole thing is just a big game. It's just a big, fun game. Yeah, but if someone gets proper fraud... I think that's going to be a big eye-opener for a lot of people because it'll come out uh, in the media because I'll make sure they're there. I'll be screaming about it, you know what I mean? And um, it'll just make people a little bit more aware. Is what I'm donating to, is this a fraud as well, you know? But they're so good at saying the mainstream media and the legal system are all corrupt. They're so good at saying that. So I'm really hoping that all this work doesn't wind up just being rubbed off as being... Well, that's what happened with Nick Patterson. I mean, uh, you know, he was allegedly, you know, calling out uh, corruption. And now he's charged and he's fo- half of his followers just think, oh, well, this is just more corruption because he was yeah. calling out corruption. 
Yeah, no, he's a hero. Not. He's he's not Julian yeah. Assange. He yeah. is a thug. You know, just I, it is I think it, is. it won't be long until people start to realize. Hang on a minute, he's not a good guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Well, hopefully, no one comes after you with any kind of conviction. Uh, but yeah, so far, in terms of that guy planning the attack, so he he said in the comments uh, he he'd alluded to the fact that he was planning some sort of violence against me, and I get that a lot. One of my followers said, "Why don't I mess with him?" I said, "Yeah, go for it. Just tell him you really hate me and call me. Uh, make sure you call me a dog." And she's like, "Why?" I said, "Because in the what do you call it in that in the thug world, the dog's a really bad word. Yeah, yeah. And if you're he won't think you're one of my friends if you're calling me a dog." You know, yeah, you should, you should yeah. fall for it. And she's all right. So she re- she inboxed him and said, "What are we going to do about this fucking dog, Lucky Lance? Uh, I know where he lives. I've got his address." And um, he's like, "Right." And then he just fucking, oh mate, the silly bastard. He took to it. He just took to it. She goes, "That many messages? I screen recorded a screenshot of them all. I posted some of them. Just planning it to come. He's going to bring other people. Yeah, weapons. He was going to bring in tasers and uh, and all these different weapons and when to get me and 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 like how badly they wanted to uh, injure me and all this sort of stuff and." She couldn't believe her luck. Like this guy just incriminated himself. It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It's quite special. It was amazing. I posted it up for a bit of embarrassment and uh, a few people said I should go to the police. And I was like, once again, like I, I, I actually like police these days. I've yeah. never hated them really. Uh, but it, particularly recently I've met a lot of cops because the, the, the grift is sending the cops to my house every week. Yeah. For, yeah, for yeah. RVO applications and breaches and all this sort of crap. So I've gotten to talking to the police and, you know, because I talk a lot, as you know, so they do their little interview and I end up talking to them for, for yeah. a period. Yep. And I really like them. It turns out they're the most normal blokes. They're just <laughs> like some bloke you'd meet at the gym or, yeah, or anywhere. They're very yeah, they average normal blokes if, when yeah. you're just one-on-one having a chat. Yeah. And I really like I, I, I like them, you know, and I've, it's better to be on their good side than their bad side. I've been on well, their bad side. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> and I don't love everything they do. And, I, you know, and no. when, when cops do the wrong thing, which they sometimes do, I'm horrified the same as anyone else and, yep. and angry. I've many a night's yelled at the TV. Yep. Uh, but we've got to take the good with the bad, and they're 99% good. And the alter- and without them, I mean, where would we be without them? We'd be well, all- yeah. I mean, that, yeah. they're the first per- per- people I call, you know. like Exactly. It's, it's just exactly. You've got to take the good with the bad, and they're mostly good. But I do like the uh, police now, and, uh, yeah. and uh, I'm on their uh, – I'm definitely on their side. I'm definitely on their side. Hopefully you get less visits over the next little while, but uh, it's really interesting to hear basically how how it works for you in so far as having doing the work to you know make a brief on these people and send it to law enforcement to try and have some sort of action. Despite how difficult it is to get something done, I think you will eventually find yourself seeing a couple of scalps. I mean, you got Serene, um, but there'll be more. Yep, and. It- in time, hopefully you don't have too much trouble with people trying to knock you off in, with uh, tasers and bloody yeah, knuckle dust. Yeah, that guy. He, I, I ended up ringing him. I was like, uh, I rang him. I go, mate, he's, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to do it. I said, mate, there's 30 messages of detailed plan. He goes, oh, but I didn't mean it. I said, well, if you didn't mean it, there's quite the detail there. I said, mate, do you, do you realize how serious an offense that is? Like I said, if I went to the police, you'd, you'd be remanded. For something like yeah. that, you'd actually yeah. be on remand. Like that's how serious those allegations are. I said, "It's your lucky day that um, that I'm not going to go to the, annoy the police with this because I like yeah. the police so much nowadays. I don't want to go in there because I got to do the paperwork for a threat from some idiot who 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 I'd already caught out anyway. It's not going ahead. Yeah, I yeah. uh, was it was shaking, and then I asked him. I said, "Now on Facebook, you're friends with Morgan Jonas." I said, "Is he behind this?" 
because it was from a similar suburb. He goes, no, no, I swear. I said, you're friends with him on Facebook as well as other people that hate my guts. And I said, "Was you've got to tell me, was he in on this? And he swears to God, I said, yeah, whatever. So that was fantastic, Lance. I really appreciate you coming on. It's fantastic to see someone fighting back. It's a thankless cause, but eventually, hopefully, uh, you know, we can have a bit of a uh, – a Zoom call champagne to celebrate going down of uh, a couple of fraud charges. It'd be bloody nice to see a couple of these people spend a month behind uh, behind the curtain because it's about fucking time. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, I'm wrapped to come on your show because the conditional release program, it's my favourite show. I'm the biggest Brilliant. fan of the show. Love it. Love it, mate. We love it. Well, mate, I'm a big fan of the Lucky Lance uh, live streams myself, actually. I like the brazen way in which you call people out, which I'm sometimes not brave enough to do for legal and personal reasons. So where can people find your live streams and what do you get up to online? Where do the people find you? Uh, I'm Lucky Lance on YouTube. Lucky Lance on Facebook and Lucky Lance on Instagram. Excellent. Search for Lucky Lance on Facebook and you will get a treasure trove of anti-scamming activity. It's great stuff. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for your time. In 2008, Barack Obama changed the way candidates raised funds because fundraising was always known to be sort of a game for the elites. You know, the rich and powerful would give money to campaigns for access, favors, and contracts. And it's that shady sort of quid pro quo shit that makes politics kind of politics. But then Barry Obama comes along and sells some hope and change. And I won't lie, it felt pretty good. Instead of looking at these big pocketed elites, he started looking at the everyman to fund his campaign, free him from those corporate shackles, and use the internet to coordinate these millions of donors. It was quite a powerful statement. And he was still looking at big pocketed elites, of course, I mean, he's a fucking Democrat. But somehow completely ignored that. Everyone focused on this idea that the the whole campaign was funded by, you know, small donations. It was a complete revolution. Well, yeah, look, I'm not too sure about your lifters' credentials if you're blaming small donations for this because it was actually John Howard, oh, good, good 15, 20 years ago, who raised the figure from uh, of political donations from, I think it was 250 and now it's 1000 bucks, mm. uh, And that was in Howard's time, so it went from, yep. from 200 to 1000 bucks, which uh, before a declaration needs to be made. A gorilla doesn't sound like a lot, but put a corporate table of 10 together, then you find the company is, you know, basically has anonymously donated up to up to 10 large. Absolutely. Yeah, without having to declare and so forth. So when we, I mean, I, I know it's a separate discussion, but what we've got in this country is, and oh, look, don't even start on the United States, which is a disaster. Disaster. And really what should happen in this country is that a certain amount of money is paid to each political party. I mean, they get it anyway, yeah. but just ramp it up on the basis of their vote. Yeah. And, and then ban all political donations. Easy yep. peasy. We'd all like to see a ban on political donations, especially considering now they're being used to fuck with idiots. Well, yeah, yeah. Look, and <laughs> this is sort of sort of illogical extension of it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, small donations have become a fucking scourge on society ever since. I mean, I almost prefer the days when things were simpler. Politicians appealed to elites, had these big, nice dinners, gave them preferential treatment. We all just bitched about it, and that was about <laughs> it. I mean, now we've got politicians putting their hands out for cash at any opportunity and doing incredibly strange things to get it. Mm. I don't like it. The whole sort of hope and change era of the Obama days has been replaced by fucking MAGA. And you've got this fucking asshole Trump doing insanely stupid shit to get idiots to give him money. And it fucking works. He's the best. 
He is the master at all of this. Uh, you know, and, I mean, basically, in the United States, you have what are, what are known as PACs. Yeah, the PAC, the Political Action Committee. These are, these are fundraising bodies, yeah. and they don't necessarily have to be connected to a political party. Yeah, they're connected to an idea, really. Yeah, they can be essentially just conceptual, but they are, they are in the business, nevertheless, of raising money for 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 political donations, Absolutely. and and generally, it's a it's a red or blue world there. So politicians necessarily have made laws for themselves about donation to themselves, donations to themselves, that are fucking weak as piss yeah. because that's the way they that's want That's what it. Citizen United and the Supreme Court did, made super PACs a thing, you know? Yeah, you know, exactly Money right. yeah. is speech and speech is free. It's fucked up. So basically, at this point, you're seeing everyone looking for some cash from idiots by selling them a political ideal. And this is where the danger comes in because mm. this whole small donor complex, it's not really as much a partisan issue, but as usual, the dummies on the conservative side of politics react really, really well to basic shit like outrage culture issues, ridiculous things, teaching kids that gays exist in schools. I mean, if you get banned from Twitter and then you ask people to donate money to fight against cancel culture, you're going to make a fortune. And that's exactly what happened recently. You were discussing this. <laughs> when, when Trump recently announced that he was going to sue social media giants, people yes. just thought, oh, it's just this dumb narcissistic stunt, the usual. And then the fundraisers went up and you know, fight big tech and cancel culture, donate here. It's a fucking grift. It's just a grift. I know. And actually, I saw Australians supporting. Amazing. You know, supporting it in comments in media. And it was just, it's just unbelievable to me. It's, and it's bizarre because like, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I saw this and I just thought, you know, oh, this is just another extension of the stunt. But then when you highlighted to me, I'm like, fuck, that makes so much sense. Of course, this is a fundraising grift. What ends up happening is you've got the more extreme the politics, the more lucrative the take. Everyone's trying to get donations, yes. but it's a matter where the big money is, and that enters Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah, Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's a Colorado Congresswoman uh, and QAnon adherent Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, you know a politician is on the right train. When they demand to open carry in Congress, which is what she yeah. does, uh, she likes to go around uh, heavily armed in Congress, dodges the metal de detectors as well. Fucking hell. And uh, look, this is actually, it's another really interesting sort of Line, but there's a really long history of keeping weapons outside parliaments, yeah. outside, outside of parliaments, because they, they don't belong in parliaments no. for obvious no. reasons. Why do you need them? A fucking Q-grifting fucktard, you're supposed to solve things with words <laughs> and ideas. <laughs> You fuckwits. Anyway, sorry, Joel. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene for anyone who doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, and I'm so is. sorry you found out. So basically, she's <laughs> perfected this art of pandering to idiots for political gain, and she is really a vicious piece of shit. She destroyed her opposing candidate's life to win her seat. It's a really sad story. His like wife moved out, and he started having anxiety attacks and shit because of all the threats and weird shit. So basically, as a result of this mm. nasty streak and pandering to morons in the QAnon movement, powerhouse and fundraising, and this is from small donations. Basically, she yeah. managed to raise a $3.2 million in the first quarter of the wow. year with over 100,000 individual donations. This is apparently saying that 98% of the donations were under 200 bucks. This is your mm. fault, Obama. You started this train and now we're all fucking on it. You <laughs> bastard. John Howard tried to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So being controversial clearly pays really well. Like while controversial could be the type that actually seeks to help people, like controversially asking to, I don't know, feed yeah. the homeless, there's fuck all money in from the poor. That is useless. So you start to rile up yeah. idiots that think they're under constant attack by gay paramilitary groups and Jewish space lasers. And then you can basically guarantee you spot the fucking US Congress. It's gross. Yes. Look, there is there is that there is that axiom of life. The rich are a waste of money and the poor are a waste of time. Oh, um, <laughs> it's a very good quote. That's very, very good. Anyway, you, uh, um, yes, there is fuck all money. I mean, if we could solve poverty by donations, we, we would have, but we would have done Yeah, you'd now. think so. People keep asking, though. Yeah. The latest World Vision yes. campaign's really good. And, and it is very much the case that the loudest voice, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. <laughs> and, 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 and this is what we're talking She's about. It's a very now, squeaky wheel. Sort of, yeah, very squeaky wheel. Cash for. Cash for cash for insanity. Yeah, cash for insanity. That's exactly what it is, and that and that is the US. Like it's not quite as fucked here. When you look at fundraising and politics here, it is much more like it used to be. Like it should be, you know, through corporate and union donations. You know, mostly large scale. There's probably a few boardrooms, as Jack mentioned, but it's that nice kind of way where you know someone puts an Aldi bag of money in your office, and you just have to figure out how to <laughs> deposit it. It's, it's fine. Yeah, no worries. Don't worry about it. The small donation mindset has gone from the lunatic fringe in the US to our local lunatic fringe in the form of anti-lockdowners and anti-vaxxers. Yeah. Always have their hands out, and they've they've always relied. Anti-vaxxers, for example, always relied on donations to get by. What are they going to get a fucking job? So there's always some <laughs> idiot cashed up fucking bankrolling their bullshit, buying them vaxxed buses, astroturfing rallies with these mums holding these suspiciously professional signs saying their kids mm. are vaccine injured. Did you have that printed? Did you? Is that was that you? I'm not sure. <laughs> but they never really seem to harness the small donation effectively, and this is the difference. The, the anti-lockdown movement have absolutely smashed the way in which they get people mobile to give them money and everything is they really they really have lifted their it's, game it's spectacular they? watching it because these people not only uh, want to give them money but as you'll see later on when a fundraiser's closed down they they say oh what are your bank details help me give you money like it's not even a virtue signal <laughs> like it's just weird they just really want to give these people I money know. If you're a grifter, I mean, that's just got to bring a gleam to your eyes. Oh, totally. It? You know, <laughs> I mean, look, just give me your bank account details. I'll just send you some money anyway. Yeah, that's it. And there's a guy who um, was involved in a lot of really dodgy property scams in Queensland, who I'm not going to mention. And uh, he is a grifter of the highest order. And he's all mm. over the anti lockdown movement, setting up all sorts of shit. Because that's exactly <laughs> what happened. He saw this happen yeah. and just went, oh, I'm not going to go without lunch. Yeah. This is happening. Look, it's something we've discussed is that basically, you know, the whole wellness the wellness community and so forth are, are primed for, for all of this sort of suggestive yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're prone to it. But they're also wide open to be grifted as oh, yeah. well. They're, they're, they're the easily, <laughs> most easily conned people totally. on Totally. I mean, like how many multi-level marketing uh, scams just pander to all yeah. these people? <laughs> oh, it's only 50 the, bucks. The yeah, proof's yeah. in the fucking pudding. So, like, realistically, when it comes down to it, the whole entire thing is just about a shameless cash grab from the idiots. And it's not just, you know, Australia. This is all around the world. When I was looking at this, I saw them in Canada. I saw them in the UK. Anti-lockdowners over there are nuts. They've got tons of fundraisers over there. This is just something. The only thing that's interesting, and this is with the exception of Jordan Shanks recently managing to make a million dollars in donations from an arrest video. Wow. And it's fair. Like, you know, it was a dodgy arrest and he's got a defamation suit 
he's got to take care of, but that is that is more than he's going to need. Got, yeah, it's millions. Yeah, millions a lot. That's a lot of legal work. Yeah, that is the exception to the rule. Lefties don't tend to grift very well. Uh, whether it's just because all lefties are poor because we've got no hope, or it's because generally we're just not <laughs> grifters. I don't know. I don't understand the left. I just know they're a bunch of stingy assholes. But yeah, fuck them on the right. Yeah. you beauty. Bags. Where did all these people get it? I guess they probably own houses <laughs> or something. So setting the yeah. bar for grifting idiots locally has got to be reignite democracy Australia. It's oh, they're oh, good. They're good. Made an art former, and this is someone who's so new to the game as well. I mean, she's got form in different ways. But Monica Smith, who is a perpetual failure, she's left a litany of tank businesses behind and shithouse attempts at fame, including a show at the TV show Survivor failed, and becoming one of those annoying YouTube travel vloggers that hassle hotels Ooh, for free stays. That's if you if if you seek to become if your ambition is to become a travel vlogger, it means pretty much you failed. It really is time to basically get your affairs in order as far as it is a great fucking career though. Basically, you go on holiday all the time. You have people sucking up to you in hotel lobbies. Yeah, I know. You know, know. nothing about your life is real and I think that's how she wants it. I mean, look at the fictional reality she's in now. Great hair. Great, great hair, hair. No, she great does hair. have great hair. I mean, I'm jealous of that. Despite her absolute inability to spell, her frequent costly errors, which she did recently say in Flagstaff instead of Flinders Street Station, <laughs> whoops, and her re- reputation <laughs> of not paying her bills, uh, which uh, wound her oh. up in court recently, she's landed on a real winner here. I mean, RDA exists entirely on donations and merch sales, and there's tons of that going on, but everything ties back to a donation link or a piece of merch. RDA put out a call to set up RDA Party, a registered political party that would represent the anti-lockdown movement and become so they could become the politicians they seem to hate so much. They managed to get no. over 500 paying members at $40 each. Last time I checked, it was at 650 That was the last time I checked. The last time I checked, there was also no party re- uh, registration. There was no party registration. And and, and look, I, I don't know why that is. It may well be that once you become a political party, then you have to, as we discussed earlier, declare declarations Ooh, over $1,000. No, you don't want to do that. But it's no, over $1,000. So, so maybe this, maybe this grift is, you know, is pretty strong because uh, if you're you're getting people weighing in, you know, fifty here, hundred there, uh, there, there won't be any need to. To declare them, uh, only to receipt them, and yeah, there'll be some swinging dicks out there giving them. Money. And so you sort of get around that, but but yeah, definitely once you become a political party, and maybe that's the reason they haven't yet. Um, yep. They you know, they would need to make declarations of all the donations that they receive above a thousand dollars. Oh, I don't know. I'm don't whispering want that. Might have a bit of the don't Joe Biden starts start really doing that scary <laughs> whispering. <he does>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to stiff my hair, Jack? Is that is that is that yeah? <laughs> yeah. So they made like twenty five, thirty thousand bucks from that, and it was about a week worth of grifting. Yeah. So like, look, it's a never ending wow. grift. They're monetizing anything and everything, setting up stunts to raise more cash. They hired this dumb truth truck to go around Melbourne with bullshit anti-vax propaganda on the side. But one thing was very interesting, and this is what I was referring to before: is that a little birdie who I'm not sure wants to be mentioned sent me a link showing that Monica was actually taken to court on the fifth of July for monies owed. Oh, oh dear! By a guy with a very similar name to a lawyer in Victoria. So. Yeah. Someone's not paying all those legal fees. Pay your bills, Monica. Pay your bills. Yeah, I I do worry about her hair if she's in trouble. I mean, look, she's alienated a lot of hairdressers, so uh, it is troubling. (laughs) She has. She She was recently looking for a dentist as well. I'm guessing one that she could, uh, you know, sort of not wear a mask for, hilariously enough. You don't have to wear a mask at dentists. Um, So, and while RDA party is not actually registered and Monica can't spell and the entire thing is based on nonsense, they're doing pretty well. Like, you know, she finally got the fame she wanted, you know. She's making a decent living off the grift. People recognize her in the street. 
things are on the up and up for Monica. She's having a fucking great time. Let's just say that if anything, her legacy is that Reignite Democracy Australia have just sent the benchmark for really sketchy fringe politics just grifting in Australia. And I'd say, well done. Mm. Well done, Mon. Uh, more, to, more, to, more to see from them too before we're no, done. No, question. As we, particularly as we gear up to a, a federal election, uh, maybe late this year, probably early next February or March. Yep, they'll, they'll, they'll turn up and get their 3%. I don't know that they get three, but anyway, yeah. I, I wouldn't imagine that they get three. So it becomes quite, you know, I mean, in terms of in terms of hours, it just becomes a, a, a horrible yeah. thing. But outside the political realm, the most common fundraiser grift is the, the legal fee scam, and it comes in many forms. If you want to make a quick buck, get arrested. You don't need to be charged. Most people in the movement don't seem to really know the difference between being detained or arrested and being charged, but the catch is that you must get it on Every film. Got to get your hair did. Yep. You got to put your best out of that like song. Like Morgan Jonas did, a great clean tracksuit. Get down and organise your arrest. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ever notice how when the lockdowns get arrested, they're always filming it before it starts? I mean, these things are in a perpetual state of Facebook feeds. Yeah. And yeah. whenever they get hassled by the cops, you know, their phone is out. They, they want to be arrested. It's this is theatre. Yeah, it is. It just, it's, and basically, like, you know, people buy tickets to it. Like, Renee Altacrity, who's a <laughs> fucking lunatic, the cosmetic bloody nurse that she had the Magna Carta Freedom sign at the first anti lockdown rally where she used her child as a human shield to get some sort of legitimacy on video. She made some money. I think it was $2,800 on one of the fundraisers. I haven't seen them all. I looked around. I found a couple. And that's just the beginning. Yeah. That was just the beginning of it. Ava Yemeni, who is not a Journalist. Not a journalist. Not a journalist. He's not a journalist. Sorry, mate. Not a journalist. Um, Haven't seen you at any of the parties. No, no. Press council, no. Uh, has made an absolute art form of monetizing being arrested. This is totally his thing. And through his employer, Rebel News, not a news outfit, mm. he appeals for money to fight fines and then constantly asks for donations. I mean, like, he started with his own grift, getting arrested, and then appealing for money around legal fees and general for freedom bullshit. And then, after being repeatedly arrested and released without charge, knowing there were no consequences to his actions, he would continue asking for money for non-existent legal fees which probably wound up in his bank account I mean let's face it there's no charges yeah look we don't we don't know but there certainly has been a lot of money hurled uh, Arby's way and look I think his biggest look I think his biggest one was the one that he, where he threatened to sue the Victoria Police yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars some say over half a million oh, yeah. dollars it's just nowhere it's just gone it's just nowhere I've certainly seen a $50,000 figure attached to that you're saying it's bigger than that I've, I've heard where's hundreds of thousands of dollars where's money Arby where's the money where's the money where's money Arby where's money mate Harvey's grift was spectacularly exposed when he was arrested without charge, but then made this emotional appeal on the back of a divvy van. Oh, his freedom was taken away. <laughs> yeah, He's so that. scared. And he needed help with his legal fees. He was released without charge. Didn't yeah. didn't say that. Yeah. Didn't really mention it too much. Just, you know. And basically, what was found by some metadata and some general sort of like, you know, um, uh, uh, timestamps on images and things is that Rebel News had the website to fundraise for his legal fees before he was arrested. He went to the protest. He planned to get yeah. arrested. He got, got his arrested. Popped his best T-shirt Yeah, on. got the curling on. Yeah, his, his big press T-shirt he bought on eBay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a journalist. Look, not a journalist. I've got a t-shirt. It says, says. no. T-shirt says we don't. We don't do those t-shirts. No. Don't. No, no. It just doesn't doesn't no, happen. No, it's embarrassing as fuck. So Arby's moved on from antagonizing cops to the point of arrest to just asking for money. I mean, like, <laughs> he's just like, just when other people get in trouble, he's just like, oh, by the way, fight their fine, but give me the money. It's insane. So anytime an anti-lockdowner gets arrested for being an idiot with the cops and just talking shit or, you know, being even worse, he'll interview them on video, he'll editorialize their story, and he will put his fight the fines campaign all the way through it. But where does the money go, Avi? Where's the money? Where's the money, Avi? Where's the money? Hey, mate, hey.
hey, where's the fucking money, Avi? Where's the money? So Avi doing his fucking terrible shit has now got a fucking offsider, Alexander Marshall, who you've probably seen doing bizarre hot right wing takes on Twitter with the handle at Ellie Melly. I did have a look at Ellie Melly on Twitter oh. as she's come across me, come across into my timeline a couple just of times. The and worst. I thought, my God, what, what is this shambles? It's just so embarrassingly bad. It's almost like she's trying to satirize the right, but she's not. She's legit. Mm, it's. She has these thoughts. Yes, yeah, and look, I'll be uh, perfectly honest with you now and, and tell you right now, if Ellie Malley didn't exist, Twitter would be a, a, an utterly perfect forum uh, and uh, where no one would ever fight ever. Yes, yes, exactly, uh, yes. It's all her fault. <laughs> it is all her fault. Damn her. Uh, yeah, she needs to be deplatformed. Jack, come on, Jack Dorsey, come on, Yeah, mate. get on with it. There's no point in tagging you in anything. You don't care. All you do is preen your beard uh, and Ellie, make money. Uh, she has poisoned Twitter for the She's rest the of She's the fucking worst. So Ellie Melly recently capitalised on our mate's arrest in Barrel, of course. It's a Barrel organic store. Hooray. They wasted Hooray. no time at all setting up a fundraiser for their freedom-aligned yeah. cause. What the money was for mm. was opaque. It was for freedom. It was for protecting businesses. Oh, freedom. tell me more. Free money. No, 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 yeah. But money for freedom. freedom. Mm. not money. Whoops. So basically in a fairly short period of time, I think it was like a day and a half, they raised $11,000 before GoFundMe yes. shut them down. Good. And after this, they simply put their bank details up on Instagram and Telegram. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, just give us money anyway. Don't worry about it. It's so unclear how much money they made now. I like GoFundMe because at least then you know. But it's been mm. very popular. You can see people screaming out to give money. And it could very well have eclipsed the original total. And Avi, through Alexandra, has set up an entire page on Rebel News to divert would-be fundraisers to his little piggy bank. And on Telegram, this was really suspect. Saw heaps of people saying after people say that the GoFundMe was closed and their money was refunded, saying, oh, you should donate to fight the fines. That's where they want the money to go. Donate to Avi. Donate to Avi. But where- Just go to Avi. Just, 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 just give it- just give- just give, just give all of your money to us. Yeah, Arby. that's it. Yeah, just have a direct and, deposit. You know, and, 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 and look, by his magnanimity, he will, he will distribute Oh, yeah, it. of course. Of course. Um, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, where's the fucking money, Arby? So we saw a string of these similar fundraisers come over the past. Zoe Bueller, the pregnant woman arrested in her home, uh, had a fundraiser set up, which is like, I'm yeah, going for an ultrasound. Yeah, she must. You can't arrest me. Yeah. I'm going for an ultrasound. I'll take the posts down. It's like, mate, you were warned. And then you've got buddy Nick Patterson. Ooh, this one's a bit scary. Banjo. From the uh, Christian militia group, the Peacemakers, who are definitely, definitely scary. I mean, if anyone's going to actually kill someone, yeah, it could be them. So they were swarmed with donations. And we've got no idea how many. It's all straight to the bank account. It's totally opaque. This is for legal fees, despite the fact that some little birdie looked up his court listing and he's using legal aid. You don't have legal fees, Banjo. You, you got fucking legal aid, which legal aid, to be mate. fair, that, Taxpayer funded, that means you're broke hey, as fuck. I'm paying. I'm paying for it, Banjo. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Let me get you a really bad lawyer. Mexican more lawyer. Yeah, honestly. Um, for, for a case like this, I was discussing with, with uh, with Lucky Lance, and they get they get good barristers if they're up for serious time, and he's up for serious time. He could get a pretty good uh, cab off the rank. Well, it's, he's just got to be convicted. This man is just sentencing for assault. Oh yeah, I mean, like basically, if he if he goes if he if he doesn't take the discount on sentence for not guilty, he's fucking nuts. But that's a horrible story. Yeah, been on a man for a long time. Uh, yeah, but he got out. He's out on bail now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he got out. The lockdown in Melbourne created a line around what is and isn't fair game when it comes to civil rights. The Andrews government locked down a public housing tower in a knee-jerk reaction to an outbreak within the building. A lot of people thought the, Andrew, thought the Andrews government had crossed the line there and then, but there were a few 
who looked at that terrible situation and saw dollar signs. Yes, they did. Serene Tafaha, Taf- she's a former lawyer and now serial mm. right-wing grifter. You know, she's just moved on to being a chair of some sketchy foundation they made up. She's attempted to establish this class action on behalf of those in the tower and then after the wild success of the fundraiser, set one up as a, uh, a catch-all class action. Yeah. People in Victoria who just weren't happy about the lockdown, you know, just, just not happy about it, just... Class action for for being upset. Last I heard, she'd raised between six fifty thousand dollars and one million dollars wow. in total. Big money, big, big money. money. Now, due to several things, including Serene calling out family law court judges being corrupt, which is something you probably shouldn't say if you're a oh, lawyer. and pedophiles. Ah, uh, pedophiles. Uh, she also. Yep. And pedophiles. Yep, yep, of course. Just yes. casually. Don't worry about that. It's fine. It's just, just a casual offhand statement. <laughs> she was struck off and had the money confiscated by a law firm yep. that is absolutely releasing her for administration fees. It's quite brutal. Her life is being systematically ruined by all this. It's not. It's not looking, it's not up, looking is good, is it? Really, it's not. It's not really. It's good. not looking good for Serene. So basically, she loves saying it's like a form of theft. She loves to say the money was left untouched. She fully intended to carry out a class action. Don't know how she's going to spend all that money. Like her lack of action speaks volumes, and lawyers are obliged by their license of practice only to take on cases with a chance of winning. And this case was doomed from the start. So, doomed. I mean, like in a situation like that, it went really badly, but she also really fucked it up. What looked like a pretty decent lunch and easily replicated Nathan Buckley of GMB Lawyers comes in and just decides. Not the Collingwood, not, not the Collingwood. No, coach. no. no. Ex form, form yes, Collingwood former coach, Collingwood coach, former darling of the club. He, he could do nothing wrong. He, so basically, he's in the city-based law firm, GMB Lawyers, and he's jumped into the fray and he's leading the charge hard at the moment on a no jab, no pay, no way. Very catchy. Oh. And this is a fundraiser that's going- All the way to the high court. All the way to the high court. He's going to take the law to a challenge in the high court. And so far, that has raised $144,000. Wow. That's just that's a lot of money. He also apparently managed to raise $15,000 just fighting lockdowns. I mean, there's still lockdowns. I don't really know what he did. So <laughs> We're still having I mean, lockdowns. I mean, I think Melbourne's about to have one. It feels one. like he could spend that $15,000 that he got from the fighting lockdowns on uh, fun things for his lockdown. I mean, so what a win. That's great. He did actually fight lockdowns. Now he's got a PlayStation 5. So <laughs> delays and various small-time matters fill this constant barrage of excuses and delay tactics as to why nothing's actually been done that actually matters at least. He's got these little little trivial matters he's doing. Nothing about the high court. Well, like a gift from God, the federal government finally gave him something to work with, something to bump up his grift. Aged care workers must get the COVID-19 vaccine by mid-September or final a job. This is Perfect. Buckley has suggested the fundraiser must now get to a million dollars for it to proceed. It's just amazing. But the thing is, right, so in that situation, an adverse cost order will cost a lot of money, possibly in the millions. Oh, yeah. So he's not wrong to say he wants it to get to a million bucks for it to proceed. But clearly this shows that he's not quite sure whether it's going to go well. And clearly this shows that the case is not a slam dunk. Like they seem to say it is in all of the commentary about how it's all so unconstitutional and how it's all doomed to fail and how it's not law and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he can't believe his own stuff. You pay or play. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You pay or play. So what he's really doing now is he's fishing around saying that a thousand aged care workers should pitch in a thousand dollars each and the whole thing gets sorted out. Can we we just establish another thing here? Aged care workers are some of the lowest paid workers in Australia. So going He's after them some of the lowest and and please weigh it's in. just amazing why in why in on my vanity lawsuit yeah exactly 
So basically what he's done is he's asked some of these low-paid workers if they will be the mm. plaintiffs with the costs orders, uh, with the cost agreement, mm. so they can be bankrupted by an adverse costs order. He's actually asked people in aged care to bankrupt themselves for his lawsuit. And what does he do? He keeps the money, right? So, well, yeah, I find this to be absolutely disgusting. So, this is the kind of person you're dealing with here. He's basically looking at empathetic people on low wages who've been pilled by bullshit artists to give him a serious amount of money. I mean, you can't trust this fucking guy. He's been sanctioned by the Law Society over the past year, and he also threatened to destroy the careers of people that were mean to him on Facebook in a group called Lawyer Mums Australia. I mean, how do people see this as an okay person? And in all other respects, I'm sure he's very fine. Oh, human great. Being. Um, look, all is being said, not all fundraisers actually work. We hear about the big ones that raise tons of cash and get backed by all the big influences in the movements. But every now and then, some inspired young entrepreneur decides to give it a shot and falls hilariously short. I love this one. I would never have known about this one if it wasn't for the tip because, honestly, no one's talking about it. It's a huge thanks to good friend and cousin of the podcast, Peter Maxwell, who sent us a fairly pathetic fundraiser from a cafe and organic whole food store and closed their doors in defiance of a QR code system, (laughs) tyranny, and a mask mandate by refusing to wear masks in the store. It's freedom. It's freedom. Freedom! They got a warning, but the cops came back and they were still being pilled idiots. They, like every dickhead in the movement, claim to have medical exemptions because apparently everyone running an organic food is racked with fucking crippling respiratory illnesses that prevents them from wearing masks. Poor darling. Honestly, I'm thinking maybe getting those bloody barrel apples, a bit of a mortine spray might have been a good idea because these people are just not healthy. (laughs) None of them are okay. You've got to get some insecticides into those places. They're all really sick. I don't know. It's the organic food can't be good for them. So while we don't know how much they got directly from donations to their bank account, which they did, of course, proudly display on their Instagram profile, their Fundly fundraiser is at a meager $1,153. That's, no, that's it's, not it's not a lot. Like, it's a decent amount of money. Look, I wouldn't say no to it, but it's not a lot to close your shop down in piecework defiance of basic public health measures. It's not even going to cover the fines. It's basically, you know, you would reckon a sort of day's trading for a, a, an organic store of that sort of caliber. Totally. Uh, you know, and, um, it's going to be... It's, yeah, they must be a little disappointed with the way things have gone. Yeah, the grift just didn't work out. And so, so basically... While you got fear merchants pumping people full of anxiety and terror over mandated vaccines that are going to render them fertile and eventually kill them, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to profit, and I don't see an end to this anytime soon. Going to make some cash somehow. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a it's a wild world out there. You've uh, you've got to trick idiots into funding your lifestyle. Mainly poor people. That's how I work on poor. Concentrate, concentrate on concentrate on the poor people. Yeah, the middle class at a pinch. Yeah. Since recording before uploading, Nathan Buckley is still looking for a lead plaintiff to go completely bankrupt on his case, but now he's looking for $10 million. And if he doesn't get $10 million to launch this action, no refunds will be made. So look, you can make of that what you like, but that is incredibly sketchy. Now, someone who's not known for her general sense of apprehension, Serene, has said that this is a bad idea and made some pretty basic legal reasons, which are probably quite right, as to why it's a bad idea. That is pretty funny. When someone who's prepared to go head first into a legal battle that's almost doomed to fail because she's getting the money all of a sudden oh it's not such a good idea you can start to see how this whole thing really works yes that was troubling joel 
Um, but this is bound to cause even more angst. So, oh, even more? I've been watching close friend of the program, Pete Evans, this week, just as a casual observer, not minutely <laughs> like you. And for the life you of me, you want to keep it casual. I can't understand so how he manages to fit everything into seven short days, Joel. It's been a yep. huge week in Pete Evans, and tell us how. You're right, Jack. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans. It's actually almost too big to fucking document. So listeners of the program will know that Pete got a surprise visit from the crack journalists of the current affair to chat with him about his involvement in Nightcap Village, which is a land sharing scheme that left investors burned in the past and is struggling to find council approval to go forward. He had this massive zinger about the fact that the last current affair guy was kiddie porn enthusiast. It was really funny. He really got him. He got up them. It wasn't in the show. Uh, real shame. Would have been really funny if they included it. It's a bloody huge project at this point. It's got a fascinating story behind it. And I started typing out a bit about it because, after all, it's a big week in Pete Evans when you wind up on a current affair. But it just went too long. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave Nightcap for another day. It's going to be a, it's going to be a deeper dive, I think, because the rabbit hole on that goes really deep. Yes. There's sob sits everywhere. There's all this fascinating shit. It's a really interesting look in the way that sob sits and hippies succumb to this dumb greed and this weird narcissistic ambition in this pursuit of the idea of freedom. It's it says so much. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a few hours on this one. But in the meantime, Pete Evans had fucking Jordan Sather on his Evolve podcast. Ooh. Yeah, Jordan fucking Sather. It's now, a huge week, isn't it? It's a huge week. How does he cram it all in? I know. You know, you must wake up very early in the morning, you know. Uh, and ketamine's a downer, so I don't know. It's not helping. Well, he was shaking like a dog shitting razor blades while he was filming the current yeah, affair. He, he was, was really shaking. He was. He was yeah, it was. It was an interesting struggle. Bless his heart. Oh, Let's face it. You know, oh, I, I speak darling. to more than ten people in a room, and I shit my pants. So you know, fair enough. <laughs> so basically, this for me was a huge holy shit moment because Jordan Sather is a serious name in the QAnon movement. He's not a fucking ambiguous about it. He is a Q influencer, and you guys might not know him. Uh, we don't talk about him much. You shouldn't know about him. He's fucking awful. But he is a little fucking creep responsible for killing a lot of people. Sather is completely shadow banned on Google. I mean, I went to search for him, and just trash came up. YouTube kicked him off the platform. But if you throw him into DuckDuckGo, oh man. Whole world comes. of content. He, just he calls himself out. so he calls himself an independent journalist, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> a truth seeker, which is bullshit because all he does is lie, and a content creator, which is yeah, you know, he does well, he create ticks content. That box, yeah. yeah, I could call myself a shit creator because I go to the toilet. Like I mean, well done. <laughs> What he also does is, as usual, sells bullshit Oh, you got some supplements out. Oh, you beauty. Oh, what a fucking surprise. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, supplement sales underpin the entire truth of movement. We talk about it all the time because it's everywhere. Yeah. Supplement sales. It's definitely what Rafael Fernandez is going to move on to after Shanghai, which is also something that fucking saved the sales. Like, it's this thing of, like, you start wondering why they rail against Big Pharma. Oh, gee, I can't imagine. There's no conflict of interest there. Mm. You know, I'm selling you alternative cures and Big Pharma hasn't got your interest in heart. But don't worry. I'm saying this out of the honesty of my heart and not my financial interest. This asshole sells the Shanghai the same shit Rafael Fernandez does, which is only just going to decrease your reception on your iPhone at best. <laughs> and... <laughs> The thing that really blows everyone's mind on this one is he is a huge advocate of miracle mineral solution to cure COVID. MMS. That's called drinking bleach. Yeah. MMS. That's the bleach drinking. Yeah. Pete having Sather on is a really interesting move from him because while he's made it pretty obvious he's into the QAnon conspiracy universe, because he's a bit of a chronic liar, he tends to deny it. You know, it's, it's kind of obvious. He has these rabbit holes like, oh, QAnon, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck off, Pete. He's just such a lying sack of shit. 
interviewing Statham is always going to be just another one of those, oh, I'm just asking questions from an interesting guy from this fucking chronic lying sack of shit. <laughs> but it's a clear endorsement of QAnon and basically drinking bleach. You can't have Jordan Sather on your show and then say, oh, drinking bleach. Oh, I'm not into that. But the interesting thing with Sather, initial comments on Telegram suggest that Sather is controlled opposition, which is mostly due to infighting in the QAnon influencer ranks, where battles over followers and money are absolutely raging. There's only so many ears left. So they're all fighting for them. Yeah, look, I just wanted to say, I mean, after Trump came forward with, you know, sort of suggesting bleach treatments and having in our black pill fuck, we're throwing that into a question today and we saw how many people were recommending this stuff. After Trump had actually mentioned this, over 15,000 people, 15,000 people required hospital treatment after drinking bleach in the week's following those it's remarks. Good. It's a problem. It's really Don't drink good. bleach. It's really not good. I think the MMS stuff is you have to add vitamin C. Oh, you've got to add something. In order for it to become really fucking potent. That's what they say. But it's bleach. Well, don't drink bleach, people. Just don't drink bleach. So look, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, Pete has been really quiet on social media as of late, and his cult members have never felt more lost. They're like, Pete, Pete, tell us something. <laughs> tell us what to think. But now he's steered his idiots toward his podcast, which is exactly what he wants. He wants them on his Evolve platform. 10 bucks a month, where they can get all the conspiratorial poison they can handle with a bleach chaser. Mm. Delicious. Tastes like floor. <laughs> Just love that chlorine smell. And you have been listening to the Condition Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. And we've set up a Facebook page. There's a shitposting page. If you look up the Condition Release Program, you'll find them fairly easily. And look, Promoting a podcast is easier said than done. So if you share this episode on, or, or a past one that you liked more than this one, look, just share it around, especially if you've got some sway because honestly, we would love to get more ears. We put a lot of work into this. And also, speaking of work, thank you, Sandy and Sharon. As usual, crack well, yes, research fantastic team. work. You guys are amazing. Fantastic. You are absolutely amazing. And so much good info. And, and to those listeners who have given us a very nice, uh, very nice reference on Twitter, um, thank you very and much. And positive reviews are great. Thank you so much. Much. Yeah, thank you so much. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. It's got a the in front of it, the it conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So throw us some money our way through our GoFundMe. We're desperate and we need money. I've just had my hair done and I want to get arrested and we'll on a Facebook live feed. So don't hold back and send us some fucking money for 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 Freedom! Yeah, for freedom. Just send us the money for freedom. Freedom. Just for freedom. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. See you next week. Cheers.